Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Okay, stop me if you've heard this before, but would you believe me if I told you the Steelers went down by basically 30 points in the first half, going down 29 to zero to the Vikings, surrendering 90 rush yards in the first quarter alone. Stop me if you've heard this before. Ben Roethlisberger, not single-handedly, but definitely leads the charge for a furious comeback that is wasted at the end of the game. And the Steelers do somehow get back, claw back, into the game for a realistic chance at winning it. So much so that the ball is in the hands of the receiver in the end zone for the almost game-tying touchdown. They would have had to get a two-point conversion. At the very end of the game, the Steelers don't get it done. Stop me if you've heard this before. T.J. Watt and Highsmith, you got the Mario bros, that's Mario and Luigi. Then you got the groin bros, and that's T.J. and Highsmith. Both, once again, go out with groin injuries. These guys seem to be synced up on their groin injury schedule. Stop me if you've heard this before. Deontay Johnson, for about... 85% of the game, 90% of the game looks like a top 10-ish receiver in the NFL, but then has one to two head-scratching, massive drops. And Gunnar Carverso later. Stop me if you've heard this before. Chase Claypool might be public enemy number one for Steelers fans. Chase Claypool has a couple mental blunders that rival any Steelers player over the last 10 years. And not only does he have one, but he's got about four in the course of two weeks. He's averaging about two a game. But then also comes back and makes Calvin Johnson-like catches to help get the Steelers back in the game. Stop me if you've heard this before. Presley Harvin, the offensive line, the defensive line outside of Cam Hayward are all in jeopardy of never playing in the NFL again. I guess what I'm trying to say is that my bookie, baby. It's not every day that you can double your money, but sometimes it is. My bookie, you can double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, and you can hear Papa Tom click clacking away on the keyboard in the background. He's doubling his double deposit, making it a quadruple deposit. But either way, if you sign up at mybookie.ag and use our promo code, 
sports drink, all one word, sports drink, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using that promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. The Steelers have some patterns, don't they? Here's one pattern, probably the biggest pattern you would take from that game. And it's that they can't stop the run in a massive way. In the same way that the Steelers couldn't run the ball on offense last year, they are unable to stop the run this year. And you know what the Roonies said over the past few years when the run game wasn't going, they publicly, publicly came out and said, we need to fix the run game. The Steelers go and draft the running back in the first round. I'm starting to think that the Steelers may not even go offensive line in the first round. They may be, may be so embarrassed by this run futility and this loss to the Vikings, which I've buried the lead. But you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know the Steelers lost to the Vikings. This run futility may cause the Steelers to be like, you're drafting, you're trading all. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. But everything you're doing is to get a front seven people in there to stop the run because you can't win a game giving up 100 rush yards per half. It's rough times here. Another thing is that really under the Ben administration, the Tomlin administration, you've seen Tomlin and Ben go down big time like this in, in, in halves. That's an issue, right? Even though Ben really didn't have that many opportunities in the first half, we'll get, that, we'll get to that later. Because it turns out that while he still has some old man Batman beyond Bruce Wayne, Ben, and his uh, Twilight Years habits of uh, re- really giving the other team opportunities to get turnovers and sacks and stuff like that, he's played actually pretty damn well over the second half of the season now that this full resume is being built. Um, but one thing that he and Tomlin also have done is Mount Miraculous comebacks and never give up. And that's what's awesome about watching the Steelers. I talked about this last week. I'm sort of, I've been pleased with the fact that my joy of watching the Steelers has not really been diminished despite the crappy team this year. And I think that's because they always fight back. They find a way to make things interesting. And then of course the tradition and everything, but it's unbelievable how many times they, they make huge comebacks like this. But We've seen a few too many of these comebacks in recent years. When you think about the Jaguars lost in the playoffs, when you think about the Browns lost in the playoffs, uh, the Patriots, well, that was kind of a back and forth thing, right? But uh, in this game, they have the chance to complete huge comebacks, the Chiefs game a couple of years ago, but they don't get it done on the final drives. And a lot of times it's due to some clock management or something along those lines. So I guess I'm just stepping back and saying, we always talk about, how you find, figure out what a team is a little bit half, uh, the uh, halfway past the halfway point of every season. And at that point, you kind of have what you have. You can see a, team's week, uh, a team week one through four, and they can change dramatically by the end of the season. But if you're seeing this team week nine, 10, 11, that's kind of the team that you're going to get. And that's what the Steelers are. They can't stop the run at all. They can't block anyone. The offensive line is playing without a head. And the offensive coordinator... I can't. I, I don't know if I can say he's on the hot seat. If the Steelers would fire a guy after one year, they'll usually give him two years. But this offense repeatedly, not just this year, but last year, only does well when they're in the no huddle. So we're just seeing patterns. And 
it was a frustrating loss. I mean, at first you're looking at this and saying, you know that the Vikings are only going to do two things. They're going to run that stretch zone with Dalvin Cook. And when they ran it, the holes were as big as any holes I have seen in the NFL this year. So much so that I think Dalvin Cook ended with 198 yards. He might have ended up with more than that, but that was the NFL high for rushing yards this year. So that really proves the point. But that's all they run is that. And then play action, deep crossers and deep posts, which Kirk Cousins delivered some absolute dimes on a few of them and then missed the, you know, missed the target completely on a few other ones. They only do a few things in Minnesota. And you also know that you can't stop the run. And every other team knows that. And by the way, Baltimore's not a good running team. They have too many injuries at running back, and their offensive line has uh, degraded tremendously since last year. They just have Lamar, who makes crazy scrambles and runs himself, where he's just a one-man run game. But as far as like a power run game, where the offense is pushing the defensive line around and running backs are breaking tackles, that's not what the Ravens are. So they were a little bit of fool's gold last week for the Steelers, even though they ran okay as well. What the Steelers really are is what happened against the Bengals and what happened against the, the Vikings right now. So that has spelled doom for the Steelers. And if there is any element of the Steelers season, we can finally put a pin in this. It's the offensive and defensive lines. Everything starts and end with them, ends with them. Ben has been decent recently. So everybody wants to take the lazy approach of blaming the head coach and blaming the quarterback entirely for these losses. It is so evidently not that, and the this, this sample size is so massive that we kind of know what we have here. And Ben and Tomlin don't go without blame, but just when you're talking about the list of issues, the offensive and defensive line loom huge, and you don't really have any players on either position who you can rely on as young stars going into the future, so that's a cause for worry. So a few more points on Ben and on the big talking points of the game. So. I guess if you boil it down to four things, it's the Steelers' run defense is an abomination, as I've overstated at this point. Ben Roethlisberger has ha- is having a heroic end to his career here with vintage comebacks every week, which is so, so frustrating why they couldn't get it done, why they couldn't put the nail in the coffin against the Vikings. And also, I think our friend Derek... Uh, what's his, I don't know what his Twitter handle is now. He changed it from Derek to Kid. He changed it to like D Derek Steelers or something like that. But you know Derek on Twitter, he made a comment that Ben is not playing like a quarterback who's in his last four games now, which is an interesting topic for another time. And by the way, we've kept that narrative alive since the preseason. And Ben's not a quitter, not in the grand scheme of career and not in the the micro scheme of game to game, even when he's down by a ton of points. He's fought back so many times. The other big story is going to be Chase Claypool and the first down point, the most unaware football play I've seen in years. Definitely for the Steelers, the worst one I can ever remember. You know, the other one will be Mike Tomlin not having a second play called after the Jesse James touchdown versus the Patriots when they threw the crosser to Darius Hayward Bay, and he didn't get out of bounds, and they didn't have another play lined up, so Ben had to run the fake spike where Eli Rogers ran a slant, was covered by literally six people in the end zone. If the Steelers had had a play to run, they could have scored a touchdown there. So that's the last one I can remember. But the Chase Claypool play, and then the last big theme for me is the, or big talking point, is the Friar move drop in the end zone. I know that's 
kind of a cruel way to, to put it as a drop. But look, especially when you saw the behind the quarterback camera of that throw, this is what I talk about. When we try to split hairs and, and people have thought, oh, oh, Dwayne Haskins, he could emerge to be something. The difference between Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph is a high school quarterback to a professional quarterback. When you look at that throw by Ben, it was anticipatory. Basically, Fryermuth is kind of just running a seam route. He kind of bends to the outside of the field to create some separation and then veers back in towards the goalpost. There's a linebacker trailing him, and there are two safeties converging on him, and Ben throws it over the linebacker's head, but before the safeties, on a rope, before Fryermuth turns his hand or turns his head, perfect spiral, so the ball is incredibly catchable. And right when Fryermuth turns around, it hits him in both of his hands. He makes a nice catch. He's aware of it. And then Harrison Smith, one of the best safeties in the game, a guy who I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but his career is kind of he's kind of building quite the resume for himself. But either way, one of the best safeties in the game with a perfectly timed swat of the ball. And I don't care. We do not care. I do not care. That that it's frustrating because we always bring him up. But when when you had Antonio Brown on the team for so many years, he never drops that ball. And I mean, you're talking about a guy who has an argument as the best receiver to ever play for that for that dominant stretch he had. And by the way, if he wasn't such a knucklehead, if you watch Tampa Bay games, he is not far off from when he was in Pittsburgh. So he very well may be, you know. He definitely is one of the top receivers of all time. I won't say he's the best of all time, but you never know. That being said, I need Fryermuth to catch that ball. That's what Fryermuth is supposed to be. He has been that all year. The unbelievable combat catches in the end zone. And to just have him, like, you see the coverage. You're running towards the guys. You you know you're getting hit. And it's a lot to expect. But out of Fryermuth, that's kind of the guy we think he is, an elite potential tight end and a guy who makes catches like that in the end zone routinely, especially when you know what the moment is, you should be running towards those safeties. And again, this is like unfair for me to say, but it just says how much I think of Fryermuth as a star player. You're running towards those safeties and they're like, they are going to end my life here. I know I'm getting hit. I'm catching this ball and I'm not dropping it no matter what for Ben, for the Kipper, for the captain. What a freaking comeback. What an unbelievable throw. They still would have had to to get the two-point conversion at that point. And that, of course, is by no means guaranteed for a terrible short yardage and situational offense in Pittsburgh. But I have a feeling Ben would have made a play on that one the same way he made a play on the prior two-point conversion where the line collapsed pretty quickly. He scrambled up in the pocket, drifted to the right, threw across his body to the left, and found Deontay for the two-point conversion. So once again, really a Ben-centric play. But... So that was frustrating by Fryermuth not making the catch. If I turn the clock back to Chase Claypool, I don't know if this guy's ever going to recover in the eyes of Pittsburgh fans. Like, no matter what he does, he would have to have two perfect seasons in a row where they make, like, deep playoff runs and he has huge plays and no incidents because that play, when the Steelers have no timeouts and they are heroically driving down the field, and Ben hits Claypool on a slant on fourth and one to keep the drive going. No timeouts. And Chase Claypool does a first down celebration. 
And by the way, not just a quick one, not the old Le'Veon Bell hop up, do the quick point, and run back to the huddle. It's sort of like the Ladanian Tomlinson touchdown situation where it's so quick it must annoy the other team. Like, yeah, this is casual. I do this all the time. I'm not even going to spend time on it. It was like the first first down Claypool ever had in his career. And he kneels on the ground and does the longest possible celebration. He kneels down, flexes, and slowly extends his arm to point for the first down. If you're going to do the celebration, at least do a quick one. At least spin the ball in the general area so someone can go grab it. Trey Turner can grab it because he was trying to hurry uh, Chase Claypool to the line of scrimmage, which was the only time Trey Turner was aware during this game. Uh, I can't count how many times he forgot to tell Kendrick Green to snap the ball, and I can't count how many times Kendrick Green forgot to look to snap the ball. But that play was so unbelievably bad, and it really does confirm that Claypool is what the fans say he is. He is super uh, not self-aware. He's not. He doesn't have self-awareness, and he really truly is – at times, I don't want to say more convinced with social media than football. I know that's an easy take for people to have, but look at the guy. Like He's made some strides this year. His combat catches, he's frustrating, but he's made way more combat catches this year than he did last year. And you look at what a beast he is and the, the state of his body. I, it's easy for you to say he doesn't spend – the guy clearly spends a lot of time on football. The difference is he is also dying for that individual stardom in a way that all receivers do, but to a, a, to a different extent, to a – not to generalize, but a little bit of a Gen Z extent where just everything has to be documented. Everything has to be a moment. Everything has to be a TikTok. Everything has to be something I can put on a t-shirt. That per- Remember that first down I had in that regular season win against the Vikings who had a losing record at the time? It, to, for that to be the first thought immediately when he gets up is insane. I've never seen a receiver do that. I can't remember a time. If you guys can remember a time where a receiver has been that unaware in the two-minute drill, in a 30-second drill at that point, right? Let me know about it because I can't remember one. That play, I saw some people on Twitter saying it took a max of two seconds off the clock. Dude, that play took a minimum of eight seconds off the clock, a minimum. First off, count how long the celebration is. I'd go back. The celebration is five, six seconds on its own. If you look at any other receiver, they make that catch, they're down on the ground, the Larry Fitzgerald, We've seen DHB do it, Stefan Diggs, even AB, Le'Veon, like all the players have done this. You get up and you actually run it yourself to the center. This is a high school football thing. You even saw after they spiked the ball, Najee Harris kind of walked up to Claypool like, what, what are you doing, man? That's the rookie. That's the rookie. This is something you learn way before the NFL. So that play without exaggeration very well could have lost the Steelers the game because I believe the final uh, touchdown attempt was from like the 10 yard line. They could have run a full extra play with the time that he took off the clock. So he, the celebration took five, six seconds. Then he gets bumped into, then he drops the ball. Like that was a 10, 12 second ordeal. And the worst part is in the post game conference, he didn't really fess up to it. He kind of said, yeah, I need to do my, I, I, he did say like, I need to be better a few times. I did my first down celebration. And then he sort of insinuated that since he got bumped into and the ball got knocked out of his hands, that was the problem, which just circles back to the original issue. It's a lack of self-awareness, okay? And then, of course, you add that on to the first quarter, first drive, taunting penalty, a personal foul that he had. Yes, it's a stupid rule, but it's such a point of emphasis. 
He, he broke the rule by the letter of the law. He's at that point in, we're at that point in the season where everybody knows the rule now. There's been so many public uh, outcries about the misapp, well, not the misapplication of the rule, sometimes the misapplication, but oftentimes the stupidity of the rule and how strict they are. Just don't talk to the other team, you'll be okay. If you're on the Steelers, you least of all should be getting that penalty because we know what happened with Cassius Marsh in the most public uh, incident regarding the taunting rule against the Steelers. So you really have no excuse to do that. And then Tomlin benched him for a while. And he came back in the game and made elite receiver catches, unbelievable plays to get them back in the game. And then as this moment. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, look, it's a popular take. I had said this a while ago as well. Uh, Claypool is the TikTok guy that everyone accuses Juju of being. Juju never has a moment like that on the field or really off the field. I mean, I guess I'll take that back, obviously, like the, the, the logo dancing and stuff like that, but not in-game. And even even with that, you got like four in one week from Claypool now with the music stuff and all that, where with Juju, what do we have, the, the one or two, and, and Juju's just so reliable on the field, it's, it's kind of hard to balance those two things. So that being said, Claypool can improve on all of that. A lot of guys mature. I mean, look at Ben Roethlisberger. He's matured a ton over his time. A lot of guys mature. And I'm not giving up hope on Chase Claypool, even though he's uh, very frustrating. I get worried that personalities like that, again, to mention Le'Veon Bell, I think he's a great example of a social media sort of generation where, look, no human brain is meant to take the -the over-the-top, obscene criticism that social media gives you like the criticism on social media you think that you shouldn't care if you're at that level of millionaire and fame and and proven like an inarguable inarguably successful person right but it is sort of human nature and especially since on twitter it's not like someone's thinking something mean about you or saying something mean about you these people are so emboldened to say the meanest most one-dimensional crap and they don't think out their arguments at all that it's just people lashing out and venting frustration so that type of criticism can be cutting and, and sort of difficult to get through. So I hope that the social media onslaught this guy's going to get over the next calendar year, at least, isn't going to harden him and turn him uh, jaded the way it did Le'Veon Bell and ruin Le'Veon Bell's career. Because that's why I think he didn't take the $12.5 million and come back to Pittsburgh. At that point, he had dug his hole too deep and he wanted to prove a point. And hope that doesn't happen to Claypool. And I hope that he has enough... You know, my, the kind of guys that, I've, that I'm a huge fan of would have enough self-awareness in this point to just be like, wait, dude, I'm doing some of this to myself. You got a guy like Mike Tomlin who should be able to talk to him and get that through his head. So I would hope that it wouldn't even come to that. But I think the, those are all things that can improve. The guy can calm down and he's a weapon to have on the Steelers. But where he sits right now, the frustration by the fan base and probably by the team is extremely understandable and justified. That was a really frustrating moment. And another one we have to add to the list of mismanaged uh, fourth quarters by the Steelers. And usually it's by the coaches when they're playing against the Browns and you're down by 12 points with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter after a furious comeback and you punt from fourth and one right around the 50-yard line. Uh, There was (laughs) mismanaged drive this game and the Steelers remember the comeback. I can't remember if they were down by 14 or or two scores or whatever it was, but it's the fourth quarter around the same amount of time, like 10 minutes left. And Matt Canada, I don't know if they were RPOs or whatever, but 
three straight runs. I doubt there were RPOs because at that point, Ben was heating up. I would have to go back and look at it. And I don't think Ben is handing the ball off at that point. They called three straight run plays. Three and out. In the middle of the comeback, the Furious comeback in the fourth quarter. There are mismanaged situations by the Steelers all the time in this comeback. So frustrating to see. Muth, to me, has got to catch that ball. You can't totally fault him, but that's kind of the standard we have for him. Unfortunate surrendered opportunity there. My bookie. Look, everybody, it's not every day that you can double your money, but with my bookie, you can double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. If you sign up right now at mybookie.ag and use my promo code SPORTSDRINK, one word, SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. Look, if you are worried about the retirement of Ben and, you know, my interest in the Steelers would never waver, but I understand that there might be a little bit of a rebuild ahead here. There might not be, though. We'll see. Maybe you need to put some scoots on some other games, you know, keep the keep it going. I don't mean to encourage that, but I'm just stating the facts that might be something people are interested in well my book is gonna help you do that by doubling your first dep- deposit if you use that promo code sports drink bet anything anywhere anytime with my boogie earn cash and dad and i of course have a never bet against the steelers policy and all things we did mention after the putrid loss to the Cincinnati Bengals that it might be in some people's best interest to bet stock down on the Steelers, but we're not idiots, so we wouldn't follow that fake advice I gave to you guys because the Steelmen are back up, and if you bet on them going down, then it wouldn't have worked. But now the Ravens are all injured, so maybe you want to bet on them going back down. So go ahead and use the promo code SD when you sign up at www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, when you make your first deposit, it'll be risk-free. So, even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. And you can trash talk Ravens fans. You can talk about Ben's greatest highlights. PFT commenter put a, a best Ben scramble drills video up on Twitter. Maybe you go talk about that. You can actually link your Twitter account to Spotify Green Room and talk to other fans, athletes, executives, and insiders in real time, which is really cool. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Another situation that might be getting mismanaged would be the play calling. And I know I'm talking a lot about offense right now, and that's almost just because what else is there to say on defense? This is the exact same game they've played for weeks now. We know that there is a massive personnel issue in the front seven. Some of it is defensible. The Steelers are playing practice squad guys who are getting elevated to starting status. They lost two of their three defensive linemen who not only are dominant players, but they're expensive players. So they prohibit you from signing you know, other ones at the position since you've already put so much money into Cam to it and all of all so those are defensible as much as people may not want to hear it but at this point when you're giving up historic 
rushing numbers. Yeah, the coaching staff. Look, this defensive coaching staff of Butler and Tomlin. Let me reverse that. Tomlin and Butler, as we know by this point, this is historically bad. Historically bad running. Um, I think Big Cat said a, a stat on Pia, um, part of my take this morning, that over Mike Tomlin's first 234 games, he his team has given up a 100-yard rusher in the first half, I think, zero times. Over the last three games, the Steelers have surrendered a 100-yard rusher in the first half twice two of the last three weeks there's a certain point where it's so bad that it's a full issue with the whole team now with this with uh kirk cousins going deep to justin jefferson and everything like that the steelers also playing with some backup corners justin jefferson making a case for he's top five receiver in the nfl that's for sure i think he's actually making a run at number one because his talents are so three-dimensional. He can run routes. He's fast enough to break long touchdowns. He has incredible hands. He's, competitive. He's got everything. So that is unfortunate where it's like, yeah, you just don't have guys to cover that. And then if you're not getting the rush home, then you know that is what it is. Justin Jefferson's going to do that to people. But yeah, the Steelers' defense is future. But the play calling, the Steelers have only mounted drives when over the last three freaking years when Ben goes to the no huddle and attacks downfield at some points i've wondered well is that just because we all know that ben's style is better when he's freelancing and maybe you know maybe there's some more buttoned up nature to the offense that 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 would make it a little bit better so on and so forth i don't i'm done with it now i think it's just too cute they're just trying to pick up four yards at a time every drive when you look at the plays that are called and when ben is calling no huddle they're attacking areas of the field that they don't usually attack now, uh, Chris Sims has brought this up on uh, Pro Football Talk, but the Steelers and the Seahawks, you know, if you're looking for Russell Wilson to come over here, also traditionally are teams, Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger, being extremely similar quarterbacks in my mind. Obviously, Russ could run better down the field over the first part of his career, but they are two of the best deep ball throwers. They make the argument that they could be one and two on deep ball throwers. You know, have got Rodgers and everything, but over – the course of their careers, but they love finding one-on-one matchups on the side, just guys streaking, and they're so good at throwing those. Yeah, that's part of it, but they were striking downfield in a lot of different areas, and that's what Ben was doing, was putting pressure on the defense and striking downfield and not being too cute, and we've seen it work a lot of times. Yes, a lot of times that does happen when defenses are playing prevent. Of course, that's part of it, but then you end up heating up and you realize you got the arm strength and you got the receivers to get open in those situations. It's not just the prevent. There is some healthy medium to be had there. And especially when you have another second and 19 run, when you have a fourth quarter drive in the middle of the comeback where it's three straight runs, where you look at where the receivers are in every play. So many of these plays where they're running three slants, nobody's open. There are guys all over the backs of these receivers, there is an offensive play uh, play calling problem. I'm starting to wonder how much of Matt Canada had a stamp on the offense last year. And uh, yeah, that's a massive issue. So many question marks for the Steelers going forward on offense. Nick Farbaugh had a tweet saying, the Steelers have three guys on offense and three guys on defense that you can realistically rely upon and be excited about as young guys going into the future. And on offense, it's Deontay, Fryer, Muth, and Najee. 
Obviously, there are questions with Claypool. There's no offensive lineman. And then on defense, it's TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, the groin bros, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Big question. Devin Bush, I'm not resigning myself to him being a bust yet. He might be one of those cases where it's like, hey, we just, after Adrian Peterson, expect every player to come back the first year off an ACL and be good. But traditionally, it's an 18-month kind of thing, and some guys take two years. So I'm not out on him yet since it seems like a lot of his problems are bravery related and maybe that he doesn't trust his he just doesn't feel good or maybe he's got some whiplash from the injury those things can be fixed by by you know some healing up and feeling like okay i'm gonna be more aggressive now not saying he will but i'm saying it's realistic to think that that could happen but you can't rely on him as a guy going forward so it's frustrating i gotta get out of here this is gonna be it for the pod but the offensive line, the defensive line, huge problems. The play calling, it's an issue. Ben, unbelievable comeback. Love that the Steelers still play like that. Glad they didn't lose by 30, but damn it, that's frustrating. That that would have been an absolutely epic win, and especially after that Ravens comeback win. Deontay, another step forward, sort of, kind of playing the same game that he's played as well. Najee's amazing. Fryermuth could have solidified some legendary status there. What are you going to do? Presley Harvin, it might be done, man. They brought in a punter this week. But Presley Harvin and Kendrick Green, it has been bad for those rookies this year. Very bad. I mean, the futility and how angry Ben was getting when the center didn't know to snap the ball. Now that's him and Trey, and Trey Turner. Trey Turner is supposed to notify him uh, when the crowd is too loud and they're doing silent count. But it has been so bad. The snapping has been been bad, and obviously we've seen him get blown off the ball a number of times. We're saying, oh, he might be a guard. Like, well, you still can get blown off the ball as a guard. I don't know. I, I, I'm holding out hope, but round one and two draft picks have been home runs, and the other ones have not been. So we'll see what happens there. It's a little disappointing. <sighs> hope the Steelers can get around 500 here to end the season. It's a fun comeback to watch. It's a frustrating uh, comeback to not come to fruition. Thanks for listening to Steelers Outpost Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Instagram, email us at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, go Steelers. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.